You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Mark Holcraft. Uh, coming into our last segment of Wednesday morning's Real Presence Live, uh, we're very blessed to have Father Michael Gary from the Diocese of Duluth joining us. And he's going to be sharing with us some things regarding uh, St. George. Father Michael, are you there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, before we dive into St. George, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you at? Well, I'm a priest of the Diocese of Duluth in northern Minnesota. I um, was just recently moved, uh, reassigned to the parishes in Brainerd area, St. Francis and All Saints Parish. So I've only been here three months, so just settling in. People have been very generous and uh, patient. So, But it's what's odd here is I, uh, it's not quite my hometown, but it's very near. I mean, I went to Brainerd High School and... So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be back home near the family and um, uh, starting a new assignment. How, how is it to be so close to home? And, and is this your first pastorate, your first assignment as a pastor? No, this is my second. I was ordained in 2013 uh, for Duluth. And uh, I've been in Duluth. I've been on the Iron Range in Evolution Gilbert yeah. in Virginia. And... Uh, so now this is my second pastorate uh, in Brainerd. Okay. Well, you know, welcome back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Good, good. Um, well, thanks for filling us in. You know, at Duluth, uh, I, I, with our last guest, she was also from Duluth. So Duluth is being represented today. I love it. Duluth and Fargo, good. the Diocese of Duluth and Fargo. <laughs> well, and, and it, it's exciting, too. It, it's a real blessing. It's, it's moments like this when I have a chance to really ponder you know, Real Presence Radio, our network, uh, we're in 10 different dioceses, uh, mostly Minnesota, North and South Dakota, but we're in Superior, Wisconsin, and uh, Gillette, uh, Wyoming, well, the Diocese of uh, Cheyenne, I think. Uh, but so, but we're a small, small place there. So it's fun to go literally from one area of our network, you know, up and down the Diocese of Fargo into another area, really up and down the Diocese of Duluth. Um, mm-hmm. Well, thanks for being with us. And so, you know, today we celebrate the great feast, St. Gianna Bretamola. Yesterday, we talked about it in our first segment, we celebrated the feast of St. Louis de Montfort. Last week, we celebrated the feast of St. George. We are mm-hmm. loaded, Father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, what I would say to my kids is we're juiced. We're juiced. We're ready. <laughs> the church, you know, there's, we have layers. We're, we're ready. And with uh, the cloud of witnesses and the saints, you know, um, there's so much support behind uh, us trying to live the faith. But what can you tell us about St. George? Yeah, well, you mentioned his feast day was last week on the 23rd. Uh, his... Uh, St. George is an interesting figure because there's a lot of legends, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, stories about him, and, you know, some people just dismiss it and say, well, those just legends, just complete fabrications with right. no, further, uh, no further interest. Um, I think maybe the credulous might say, oh, no, they really happened. So, well, okay, and maybe that's true, too, but I think there's a, 
a lot to be gained from those time-honored stories and traditions. And that's one of the things that's really fascinating about our our Catholic faith and tradition is it's rich, it's layered, it's it's not one-dimensional. It's not just a question of history. It's also a question of what does this tell us? What does this saint, this figure, even the legends, what does this tell us about living the Christian life and Christian piety throughout the centuries? Um, so St. George was uh, born in the early church, and uh, his, both his parents were Christians. Uh, some say his father died early. And uh, St. George eventually became a tribune in the Roman army, which, of course, at that time was pagan. Uh, this is during the time of Diocletian, who was a, a terrible emperor who uh, wreaked a lot of havoc on the early Christian church. And at a certain point, Diocletian uh, declared, you know, his intent to uh, route out, root out the Christians and and um, and persecute them, bring on this persecution. George wasn't having it, and so he uh, was found out to be a Christian. Um, he made it even more difficult by professing his faith among his fellow officers, and Diocletian couldn't abide by that, so he eventually was was uh, martyred for the faith and decapitated on April 23rd, 303. So that's when he died, and um, uh, since then a lot of stories have arisen uh, about St. George. What's fascinating, as you were talking, and I think it's as helpful for our listeners, you know, in the early church, you know, we're talking late 3rd century, early 4th century here with St. George. You know, sometimes the question is asked, well, how do you know that? How do you know that happened? What's the date behind that? You know, how do you know that he lived at this time? Which is a great question, valid question. Mm -hmm. Because as you were talking, Father, part of my thought is, you know, some of the fascination, you know, one of the... I think one of the great um, tools of the church is we've, if throughout history, we've kind of been one of the great timekeepers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of, you know, we're not necessarily processing that uh, we're keeping the date with the current calendar that we use, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but especially in the early church, you know, dates per se were kept within the emperor. You know, the emperor was seen as kind of a God man. Right in mm-hmm. the ancient Roman Empire, and and so uh, you know whoever the emperor was, it was you know the age of Diocletian, the age of uh, Constantine, the age of Nero, and you know Diocletian and Nero more notorious uh, as emperors of ancient Rome. Um, but this is part of. I think it's also it's fascinating because how some of these stories, or even you mentioned the legend of Saint George, how it comes out. Well, part of the story, I think, that is so intriguing is how it's revealed, like how it's communicated over time. Well, this occurred within the age of Diocletian or under, under his time as emperor. And when we learn of the kind of the heinous crimes and things that Diocletian did and some of these other emperors or rulers, it, um, you really get a deeper sense of um, what, a, what a witness, what a powerful uh, antagonist to death or pro- protagonist to life, protagonist of the faith. Um, and man, how that would have inspired and yet how these emperors yeah. are really seeking to extinguish, 
you know, not make known the witness of these great saints. You know, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, we see in Saint George and all the saints, for that matter, uh, a little kind of reflection of ourselves, or at least what we're called to be, and of our own circumstances. I mean, every Christian, if we're really living it, is going to face some degree of persecution, and that might come from the state, as it did in in George's day. Right. Uh, might come from friends, family. I mean, we all encounter opposition. Uh, to the truth, um, but uh, I think the the story of of Saint George. I mean, you mentioned the history part of it. As far as how do we know that? I mean, that's the, that is a good question, and it's it, that's kind of more asking what's the science of history like, and how do we, you know, verify and corroborate evidences, and 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 sometimes fact and and legend is blended quite a bit. In, in history, in the sense that, you know, the winners usually write history, so they take their their angle, you know, right, right. Ex, you know, extol themselves as, over their enemies and things like that. So you've got to... History is a, 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 an interesting science. But I would say, with, especially with regard to St. George, it's not just a question of uh, the history of it, and is this historically reliable, and if it's not, she would just cast it off. It's another question of well, what does he? What does it tell us that Saint George has captivated the minds and hearts of so many people? There's plays and poems and works of art and all kinds of statues. I mean, like monuments or you know, geographical features or geological features are named after him, and uh, he's the patron saint of England. I mean, his his flag is part of Union Jack. You know, I mean, <laughs> when all the other saints were. You know, names and flags were abolished in Reformation England. His was the one that stayed because the, you know they just couldn't beat that out of the people. Um, what is it about Saint George that so captivates people? He he uh, really came into the fore too in the in the Crusades, uh, and so the Crusaders really uh, took a, a liking to him as representative of their call to slay the dragon. You'll you see in the iconography. St. George, he's usually on a horse, usually a white horse, and he's slaying a dragon. And that dragon is symbolic of, uh, you know, a lot. It's symbolic of Diocletian, of the uh, the terrors that, you know, lurk in the dark in this world. Uh, it's symbolic of, of course, the enemy, Satan, and the serpent, the ancient serpent. A lot of times in these icons you'll see... Uh, an image of or a, a, a woman represented, and that woman represents not only the story of the, in the legend, um, but also she was representative of the church. She's um, representative of, you know, the, the the Christian people who who are asking Saint George's intercession on our behalf, and that that tells us more about who we are as a people, about who God is, about who the saints are. And there's, in other words, there's just more to it than just history, is what I would say. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And what I appreciate what you're saying, I, I really, you used the phrase, uh, his, I think you said history is such an interesting science, you know, because mm-hmm. ultimately what you're saying is history, what it does provide is the way of knowing. You know, if we're going to break down the word of science, you know, rooted, the Latin root is CO or SCIO, don't, don't fault me for my pronunciation of Latin, yes, yes, right? Yeah. But to know, 
you know, and it does. So history is going to provide a perspective, right? And we, of course, the Catholic Church values greatly, you know, objectivity, you know, what is the objective reality in this case, yep. you know, as, as much of an objective history that we can to see the bigger picture, the clearest, the clearest picture, you know, versus that subjective. And of course we're catching a subjective piece, but it is a way of knowing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, father, we need to take a break here, but when we come back, we'll let's discuss more about St. George. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I am Mark Holcraft, talking with Father Michael Gary of the Diocese of Duluth. And we're talking St. George, who celebrated his feast day last week. Uh, Father Michael, when we, when we left before the break, you know, I, I just, um, I was intrigued. I'm intrigued by, ultimately, the context of the life of St. George, because I, I just, I find the stories of the saints are fascinating. And the more we know the backdrop of the time they lived in, I think the more we can appreciate what they have to offer, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's an endless uh, sea of fascination with the lives of the saints. Well, I, you know, I think so. And, you know, it, it's, <laughs> I'm reminded there's the great scene in the book and movie, Lord of the Rings. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings and Tolkien, 
Uh, mm-hmm. But there's a scene, I'm, I'm going to refer to the movie because I've seen that more recently than I've read the book. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But in the movie, uh, I think it is uh, Two Towers, um, to the Two Towers of Return of the King, where uh, Sam and Frodo, they're in the uh, small town of Osgiliath, which is a garrison to you know the, the, the white city, if you will. And mm-hmm. um, they're being attacked by... Uh, the, the, the dragons, you know, uh, so to say. Um, and at one point, uh, right, right coming out of that attack, Samwise is talking to Frodo, Samwise Ganji, and he says, what do you think they're going to tell about us in the stories? And what are they going to say about us? And they held, they held on to those stories. I mean, it's a, it's a great visual of the stories that get passed on. And of course, Lord of the Rings being in a beautiful analogy of the Catholic faith and the Christian life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are the stories that they're going to tell about us? And the most, the most heart-wrenching and exciting and exhilarating and on the edge of your seat stories, well, those are also the ones for those in the story that are, can be the most probably emotional and um, despairing and then triumphant, Right. And, right. and these yeah. are the stories of our saints. So I just, I find that's such a great visual in that scene. Um, yeah, I, what I love about that scene is it it's, has these two young men, and they're aspiring to something. You know, they have their eyes, their sights set high. And they're saying, what are they going to say about us? And I, I wish young men would be encouraged to have that kind of, you know, grand outlook more often, you know? Yeah. Uh, to say like, how how are we going to be remembered? Whatever we do, we only get one life. Well, then let's let's do this all the way. I mean, why why go halfway or why aim low? Um, and they, they, so they kind of you know you might someone might dismiss it as kind of boys' fantasies of you know uh, chivalry and you know honor and and but there's something about that that I think is healthy and that resonates with especially a young man's heart. You know, he, he wants, he's made for greatness. And to to kind of allow his mind to be captivated by these, the heroes of history, I and mean, we all have to have heroes. Who are we aspiring to be and imitate? And if we don't name those and identify them as actually saintly, heroic, holy people, we're still imitating somebody. It just, we may or may not know who. It's just be the impression that we're getting from the culture. It's going to be something ultimately drab and rather uninteresting. You know, you bet. And Father, you started that off by saying, I, you know, I wish that the kids were, well, I wish the kids uh, would find it. Like, well, we're doing it. <laughs> we're, we're doing it right yeah. now. We're, you know, and so that's something we get to share with whoever's listening. If it's young men listening, you know, uh, we have that opportunity. You know, as you said, whether it's fantasy, you know, fantasy, you know, kind of a root word to fantastical, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it is. It's fantastical. And yet, you know, you also said, uh, and I loved it, uh, you made for greatness, because in our previous segment, we were promoting a men's retreat that's mm-hmm. happening. It's, it's near Fargo, Fort Ransom, North Dakota, but made for greatness is a men's retreat. Um, and of mm-hmm. course, we all know it's not just men called the greatness. But we see, we see in St. George, he points to something that's outside himself. And that's what we see with Frodo and Samwise Gamgee, you know, mm-hmm. uh, these fantastical characters, you know, but... It, in it, they point to a deeper truth. One of those truths being 
they, they recognized what they were doing was much bigger than them. It was much bigger than them. All, you know, uh, also, in the, in the same movie, a different Hobbit, uh, you have Merry and Pippin, and they have the great lines of, I'm, you know, I'm going to paraphrase here. I'm not going to save the world. I'm just trying to save my four friends. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's a great line, such humility, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's pointing to these deeper truths. You know, so speaking of these truths and deeper truths, you know, St. George, he's known as the dragon slayer. And I, I love that. I love the image. And you, you gave some uh, examples of, you know, what can be conceived as, you know, dragon-like, you know, with mm-hmm. Diocletian. Uh, and you also gave an example, you know, of, of a lady you know, well, one of the legends of St. George is slaying the dragon to save the princess. Can you, can you uh, shed some light on that? Sure, yeah. So for those who haven't heard or don't remember, the, uh, the legend, this is the, it is a legend more or less. I mean, it's, it's a story that is cropped up that I think it shows some allegorical truth. It's not historical. Yeah. And basically the, uh, the story is that there's this town and there's this dragon in this town that, you know, kind of torments the people and he's kind of down by the water and the people can't go retrieve their water with this dragon around. So what they have to do is take these sheep and, you know, offer a sheep as a little, as some bait to get the dragon away from the water so they can go get the, you know, and they can survive. Well, eventually they run out of sheep. So now they got a problem, and they say, "Well, let's let's. I suppose you know a, a young maiden would be just as suitable as a as a sheep." So they draw lots for who, which uh, young maiden is going to be sacrificed to this dragon, and uh, they draw the lot of the the princess. In fact, and the king pleads, and you know, and uh, prays at the people that it be otherwise, but. Um, Nevertheless, she's sent out as bait, and this is when St. George comes in. He comes in, and he is said to have uh, tamed the the dragon and used the girdle of the, the princess as a leash and led him out of town and, and then slayed him there. And then uh, the people uh, eventually kind of a convert to Christianity and uh, Christ is glorified in this. So, I mean, that's the story. It's, but uh, again, it's, it's teaching not so much history as it is uh, allegory and what, you know, each of these pieces represents something that does tell us something about, something true even, about the human person, about the, the call of the Christian, about reality and the world and what's at work in the world. So there's a lot going on in the legend if we really look at it humbly. Absolutely, and I, I appreciate how you said if we look at it humbly, you know, and that's that's the that's the nature of scripture too, how we read scripture. You know, and uh, not everything is meant to be taken literal. You know, you spoke of allegorical, right, and analogical, and these these different uh, different senses or ways that we read scripture to really understand the Word of God and to understand all pointing to that deeper truth. Um, Father Michael, thank you so much. Uh, I'm actually going to turn it over to Therese. Therese is going to give us a little a snippet, snapshot into tomorrow. What's happening, Therese? 
Yep, so the, on the next Real Presence Live, that's tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Monsignor Patrick Schumacher will be your host coming to you live from Corpus Christi Church in Bismarck. Monsignor Gerald McManus will be on to talk about his experiences as a military chaplain. Then Christopher Dodson will give us an update on what's going on at the North Dakota Catholic Conference. Awesome. All that and more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. So do you think the priest who is the chaplain is going to be talking about St. George, the military chaplain? Um, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Just connecting some dots. That wasn't talking points. But <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Therese. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Michael, before we close, we have a couple minutes left. Um, we, tell us, you know, all of the, one of the fascinating aspects, I think, of the saints when the church proclaims uh, men and women saints, they're, they're given a title to be a patron, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it kind of points us as a uh, an intercessor in specific areas. Do you know what Father or what Saint George is patron of? He's patron saint of a few things. He's patron saint of uh, since you just brought it up, soldiers and uh, all people protecting the nation. He's um, patron saint of uh, uh, like the specific military units, like the United States Cavalry. Okay. Um, he's patron saint of uh, the country of England. I believe the country of Georgia and a few other countries as well take him as as patron, but uh, and protector. But um, obviously, speaking with the patron saint of soldiers, that's an obvious corollary. And um, you know, someone who's uh, saving, protecting, guarding. Uh, you know, these are all part and parcel of life and legend of Saint George. Well, and it occurred to me, as you were talking, I recalled one of the areas that I've seen St. George that he is a patron to. He's actually a patron to the Scouts, to, I think, the Boy Scouts. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I know Catholic Scouts, in they're doing, they do a unit, uh, and within that unit of one of the projects they do, it's getting a badge in the, on the badge of St. George. That's just a cool, uh, you know, uh, fun fact, as some of my friends like to say. Well, Father Michael, thank you so much. And we're going to conclude our segment and uh, show for Real Presence Live on this Wednesday morning. Um, we thank you, Father Michael, for all of our guests this morning. Thank you to our listeners. And may God bless you. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.